Hello and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. Uh, my name is Don Pelto and I have Wade Galt here with me. Uh, welcome, Wade. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So uh, you have, we were chatting a little bit before. You kind of have an interesting background uh, being an entrepreneur and you like to help people, it sounds like, get more of their time back. So tell me a little bit about your backstory, kind of how you got involved in this and, and what you like about helping businesses. Sure. So dad is an entrepreneur. Mom is a philosopher, stay-at-home mom, spiritual seeker type. Uh, both of them are from Trinidad and Tobago in the islands. So there is a certain mindset. I was technically, I was born in Canada and raised in Southeast Florida, but grew up around a lot of my family that's Trinidadian and culture. And a lot of the culture for them is that family and relationships are more important than work. And making time for those things is very important. They still value achievement, they still value work, uh, but ultimately work comes second. And having fun, enjoying life, connecting with people is very important. For me, watching my father grow up as an entrepreneur, watching him have success was very helpful. I also got to watch that at a time when he and many of his peers became very successful, I got to witness what happens when people suddenly run into a lot of money. I was friends with a lot of the children of the entrepreneur friends that he was friends with. And I got to see something that a lot of people have mentioned that money is an amplifier, a multiplier, however you want to word it, that it just you know makes you kind of more of what you are. So if you're happy and it allows you to be happier and do really cool stuff and have more fun trips and maybe more comfort and more luxury. If you're not happy, chances are it usually does not fix things. It might be a distraction, it might temporarily pull away from um, you know, the things that are upsetting you at the moment. But so being able to see that allowed me to simultaneously appreciate the concept of being an entrepreneur and looking to serve people. And yes, knowing that you can have your own freedom and your own path. And at the same time, not putting so much value on money. You're not expecting it to be more than it is. Mm -hmm. uh, just, just knowing that it can do certain things. And then from my mother and her influence came a lot of the more uh, contemplative idea of looking at life and what's your purpose are you making a difference how do you view the world where does your your you know your view of spirituality and your heart and your compassion so kind of between the two of them got this body heart mind spirit education if you will on being this holistic type of person how can you make sure that there's time for all the things in life and so as an entrepreneur i want to serve my clients i want to make an impact in their lives and i want to make a lot of money but I also want to have time for family, for friends, for to enjoy the freedom of life and, and just life. Yeah. So, so Wade, talk, talk to us a little bit about some of the top two or three ways that people can, or I guess maybe you could even talk about the contrary. What makes people unbalanced and work all the time? We're going to be talking to podiatrists, doctors, they're surgeons, they have a busy practice uh, and they work lots of hours. And how can you get some of that time back? Sure. So what I found is a lot of it has to do with your priorities and to a certain degree what you'll tolerate so if you started a job at let's say 20 years old and they paid you i'll just throw out a number 20 bucks an hour somewhere in our minds we have this anticipation that okay over time i'm going to make more money and if i don't make more money in a certain amount of time i'm going to go get a job somewhere else in other words i'm not going to tolerate that you'd pay me the same income forever and yet for some reason we tolerate the same compensation of paid time off or time away from work 
And we'll accept that for 20, 30, 40 years, even as we start our own companies, which is kind of interesting. It'll go, it'll go down when you start your own. <laughs> oh, oh and, and in the short run, it almost certainly will go down. It's very rare that it doesn't, unless you've really smoothly transitioned into it from a side hustle or something. But yeah, so it'll usually go down. And then if we allow that, if we, and again, the word is tolerate because, and it's not to say tolerate from a standpoint of as if we deserve more. I mean, we're, if you're in the United States, the, with the work you do, the work I do, we're in a very abundant situation from a worldwide perspective. And yet, if you have a view that there's more to life, if you're looking for those things, the same way sometimes we'll plan a vacation, we'll make time for it, we'll make sure, and we'll put other things second, at least temporarily, like anything else. When we have kids and they're, and they're born and, and all of a sudden we have to shift our priorities or certain events come up, it really just comes down to what are those things that you put first and can you find a way and it's not even so much self-love a lot of people say what's well, it self-love do you love yourself enough and, and that can be part of it but a lot of it's just mechanics it's scheduling a lot of entrepreneurs really love love themselves but they just get caught up in it and they assume well this is what i have to do and then of course once we've bought our freedom so to speak or earned our freedom entrepreneurs biggest fear is what if i lose it and so i'll just i'll just keep working i'll just keep doing what i'm doing i don't want to lose it and you know, or any self-employed person. We've done things a certain way, or, or a lot of doctors might or might not specifically be entrepreneurs, but maybe they're highly paid, you know, independent contractors or whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's still the situation of, but, but see, wait, you don't understand, this is what got me here. Say, so, okay, but should you still be operating the same way you started 20 years ago or 30 years ago when you, you, know, when you just got out of school or when you just finished uh, your internship or, or your, your residency, or should there be some sort of evolution and, and can you make time from that? And, and perhaps most importantly, what's the opportunity cost? In business, we talk about opportunity cost financially very often, but what's the opportunity cost life-wise? Missing out on things of kids or life experiences or just traveling or just the possibility of just enjoying a certain pace of life uh, that then the people that come to us can not only look at us and say, wow, that, that, that guy or that gal really knew how to fix my foot, but they also helped me holistically and and yeah. and just live better and by their example or by who they are yeah and and in terms of i think i think part of this has to be is doing what only we need to do and having others do what you know a lot of times in the, in the beginning we start we do everything we do social media we go do talks we see patients we clean the bathrooms and then as we as we grow we have to do some delegation give us some some tips about uh, first of all, scheduling, like what are some scheduling tips in terms of, I don't know if you want to call it block timing or scheduling your vacations, and then also talk a little bit about how to get, use other people's talents. Sure. So the first thing is to, to go with the concept. A lot of us were raised to work very hard. I'm, I'm 51 years old, so I was raised at a certain time where I'm a Gen Xer. Uh, my parents are, are, are boomers. Technically, actually, they're silent generation. But in other words, so we were raised one certain way that perhaps is going away or, or there's different thought processes. But bottom line, Sometimes we were we were taught hard work without necessarily saying, well, wait, hard work's good and it's a necessary component, but does hard work necessarily mean it's good work? Does it mean it's the highest use of your work? And so what I remind people is, yes, there's hard work, but every moment, if I have a high level skill, every moment I'm doing a lower level skill, I'm missing out on the opportunity to help somebody else, number one. So, so to take away this whole thing that it's just about selfish and me trying to rack up the most amount of money in the least amount of time, which, which is part of it. I do want to be as you know, financially abundant as I can, but to use a dentist as an example, if a dentist were doing the cleanings all the time and the dental hygienist wasn't, then when it's time to do the cavities, the dentist is exhausted. 
It doesn't have the focus time, doesn't have the energy. So there's a natural division of labor and it's not about gender. It's not about status or hierarchy. It's like, who has the ability to do things? If you're running an airline, the, the pilot can take out the luggage. But if the pilot takes out the luggage is exhausted and then crashes the plane, that, that's not good. So if you have that first as a standpoint and say, okay, so my skill set had, there's a natural order. And then second, if you ultimately decide what is more important first, if you put your life, your family, your loved ones, your, your personal life first, you'll figure out how to plan the time. And especially if you've been doing this 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you're mm -hmm. responsible. You're not going to become irresponsible all of a sudden. But if you plan the vacations first, so if you look at the next year, or the next month and say, what are the really cool, awesome things I'm doing that would get me excited to, yes, want to take off, let's say it's a Friday or whatever, to where it's more exciting than me just making some more money. And of course, we need to make money. But so getting excited about priorities sometimes makes the schedule fall in line. So I work with quite a few doctors that just don't work Fridays. They don't work Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. Some clients, patients don't like it. The rest fall into line and like any other profession, if you're good, they understand that. And then when you talk with specific scheduling, yeah, if, if I can say that in a generic 40 hour work week to use a concept, or even let's use 50 because so it's easier to multiply. If 20% of my time, if 10 hours a week, if I'm doing five times 10 a week, usually within a week, I mean, there's at least eight to 10 hours that I'm, are not so productive or they're $10 to $20 an hour work. And if I'm, and, you know, in your field, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's, I'm sure it's multiples of hundreds of dollars per hour that when you're doing your, your best work and or, or your highest work that is most difficult work to do that other people can't do, you say, okay, well, at least let's say three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, perhaps, or even definitely at least Tuesday, Wednesday, where you know what, fill my calendar with those things. And maybe Monday I'm working in the business a little bit and Thursday I'm working on the business. I'm growing, I'm, I'm learning, I'm evolving. But in two days of really, and yes, and those might be 10 hour days, but the other two days, maybe a little less, but really just understanding you are a limited resource, whether you recognize it or not, whether you get sleep or not, whether you live off of five hour energy drinks or not, you still have a limited amount of time when you can deliver at a high level, but even more so than realizing and declaring that, yes, in fact, and gosh, especially if you're a doctor, there's very few credentials that are as black and white as mm -hmm. I'm a doctor. My license and, allows me to do this and everything else, yeah. else can do. And, and, and but more than just allows me, it declares and it almost obligates me because again, every time, not, and not just rapport building, you want to have good, you know, bedside or footside manner or whatever bedside it's called, manner, yep. <laughs> you know, but there is a point where if, yeah, if you have a, this really talented doctor, but they're spending too much time socializing with their patients, I mean, I want my doctor to be nice, but at the end of the day, give me the less sociable surgeon who's awesome and accurate than the really friendly person that's not on, on top of their craft. So I think it's that part of saying, well, yes, if I only if I'm one of the few that has a certain level of skill, then what are those things that allow me to help people most? Well, doing my, you know, physically working with people, sharing my information, educating people, knowing that if I create a, an educational video for YouTube, I'm going to reach thousands of people, perhaps. And some of them maybe can't afford my stuff. So of course I can cover some preventative stuff. I can cover some curative stuff, all these different things. And it, not all that has to be that I have to make money off of it. But overall, if I'm the person in my tri-county area or in my county that people know, wow, that person, I don't know, once a quarter puts on some sort of educational thing and he or she brings together other doctors and they just, man, they just educate us. Mm -hmm. That sort of a thing where you can leverage 
Because if you were to say yes, for example, and just, just off the top of my head, five to six doctors decide we're going to present an hour each at a courtyard merit at a local hotel and just first maybe invite some of your best clients, cross-pollinate with each other and invite your clients and say, you invite your top 20 and let's just kind of see. And you could, you could do cross-sections, you could invite the whole practice, but you might start out with your favorite ones, so to speak. You might say, no, let's invite all of our business owners. So not only will we get to cross-pollinate with um, you know, the GP, with the foot doctor, with the, you know, whatever different pieces, but you might also find that there are people that are operating at a certain level. And let's say, I don't know, just even the decision that some doctors want to be in more of a concierge model. Or, I mean, there's just so many possibilities mm -hmm. that can come from this. And my gosh, in the age of Instagram and Twitter and God knows bot followers and what's actually real, you all with an MD and a LinkedIn yeah. profile and recommendations are the closest thing to the gold standard that there is. And maybe there's maybe that's not being utilized enough. I, I'm, I'm going to let you, I, I like this. And after I say this, I'm going to have you kind of walk through how you've helped some other doctors or dentists specifically. Uh, one thing that we found helpful is doing what we call them webinars. So we get, because it's hard to get a rented room. Our office isn't that big, but now the rooms are infinitely large with Zoom. And so we sent it out to our list. I think we got about 80 people and we put on these webinars, the four doctors, we all talk about a topic, but I, and I, I did it one time on diabetes where I invited a, a dentist and an eye doctor and we did one. But the nice thing is they become evergreen. If you know that term, those that are listening, we recorded it and then we can put it on YouTube and, and they can find out about us in the future. So I think that's a, it sounds like you like marketing as well. So um, talk a little bit more, what, what's worked for some of the other healthcare professionals that you've you worked with, like in terms of, it could be marketing, it could be peace of mind or how they change their mindset in life. Sure. So I haven't done a lot of specific work with healthcare over any other profession, but just professionals in general. So I work a lot with people who are really have this choice to decide, do I, as a, very often they're solopreneurs that start growing a business, let's say five to 10 people uh, or more. And very often there's this distinction of, okay, there's, okay, I want to help a lot of people. And of course I want to make a lot of money. And I want to have a life now pre-internet, pre-YouTube. Exactly. I want to do and everything. Yeah. Pre-internet, pre-YouTube. You'd say, well, I've just got to reach a lot of people. And, but you think about it, if 20 years ago, I were to tell you, you could reach thousands of people and not have to pay a dollar for advertising. You'd say, no, that's crazy. Wait, no, there's only CBS, ABC, NBC, or maybe that's more than 20 years ago. It's 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you'd say, or even cable TV advertising was a lot, but now to your point, if you're educating people, you're sharing people, what I want is, I want my podcast, my educational materials, my content to be something that filters my clients for who I am and what I'm about. And to be really clear, you might be a podiatrist and still have a podcast on parenting and growth or just goal setting. It doesn't have to be that everybody, you might say, wait, that's a very specific field. If a person, if I am only targeting, so yours is specific to a target audience, Don, but you might also have a separate one that's just for people in general, like non- I did one I did one called Healthy Living, where I talked about Perfect. intermittent fasting and, and diet and weight loss and things I'm, so those are my favorite patients to deal with. And so I, right. I, I was speaking directly about health people, people that are interested in their health, but- Yeah, and so if you're doing that, then what happens is somebody says, I like Don, what's he do? I wanna buy his stuff. And, and that a lot of times people just trust people say what like, and I don't mean what do you do like is he in the circus or is he, but like, okay, I know he's a doctor of some type. Well, I'm not going to wait for a, a foot thing to happen or at the very least, the next time I'm asking about what doctor should I go through or what preventive methods could I have for my lower body for, for health mm -hmm. or, okay. And then, but from that, in my understanding, whenever I, you know, there, there's something that 
the, that you all do that a lot of fields don't do that I coach people on. So you guys, in most forms, doctors will require that a person fills out a questionnaire. You know, in some fields, they'd say no, mm -hmm. and you guys will require, and gals will require that somebody has an appointment. Well, there's, there's a next level to that. And the next level is, okay, again, think of the dentist. If you're here for a routine cleaning, you might or might not need me, or you might just need me to pop in and, and, and check up on things like a dentist does at the end, versus if you have this other thing. Or, and then when you start getting into the more preventative side and the more proactive stuff of, well, what do you want your life to be? What are your goals? What do you, well, what do you mean? What are you, what are you trying to do here, Don? You're, you're, you're a foot doctor. Well, I'm also an entrepreneur. I might also be a spouse. I might also be a parent. I'm, I'm a citizen. I'm, so you say, okay, wait, so you could help me look at some of these things. Yeah, well, what I do is I get together people and we talk about these different pieces. And sometimes it's my product. Sometimes it's somebody else's product. That's, even, that's just a detail where, again, where it's more about just helping people. But so that ultimately when they come in the door and you say, look, there's kind of these three ways that we do things. Uh, one is when the client comes in and says, I'm only interested in curative stuff when something bad happens. That's sort of the emergency walk-in medical care. Get rid of my ingrown toenail. Right. Yep. It's not a bad model. It's part of your, it's a certain percentage of your income. Great. No problem. There's a second group that comes in and says, okay, I acknowledge that those letters after your name have some meaning to them. And when I come in, I'm going to say, okay, I'm concerned about something. Maybe I'm not too preventative, but you know, I'll at least listen to you as opposed to just fix my doc, my foot doc and, and leave me alone. And then there's a third group that says, I want health. I want growth. And again, they're usually multidimensionally interested people. They're not just interested in making money. They're not just interested in having a great body. They're not just interested in uh, their religious or political beliefs or philosophical beliefs. They're interested in life. Those are the people that when you get those types of people in a room, Number one, they see the value of bigger solutions, and they're the ones that you say, look, if you'd like, when we talk, I'm going to, when you come in, I'm not just going to ask you about your foot. This is my sort of level three service or platinum, I wouldn't even use the words platinum, but for the person who opts in by even your process, and they say, yeah, I'd like to talk about overall my, my lifestyle and health goals. So they might not come to you for financial goals, even though you probably have made a couple of dollars, but to be able to say, in essence, do you just want to fix the thing? That you're here for do you want to talk a little bit about your feet or do you want to talk about your overall health and the person that says i want to talk about my overall health now you can get into conversations about well, what are your overall goals for your health and your other personal goals that are related to your health okay, i want to run a marathon well that's related to my health i want to be active so i can i want to lose weight so when you want to lose weight whatever it is and so now you say okay i might not be the weight loss specialist so to speak but i again Got a couple things just because I don't have a huge TikTok following with, with me and a six pack doesn't mean with this, this MD doesn't mean I've learned nothing. I, I know a couple things. I'm a doctor. And at the same time, being able to connect that in such a way where now that group that is naturally your concierge, at least mentality type client, and now you're pulling them together. And maybe you have a second set of topics and you start learning these. But in essence, this top group, and again, this is not an income thing, it's a mentality thing, it's a growth mindset. And these are the people, then you say, they might be ones that come on your podcast. So it's just, then when they come to see you, those are the ones worth investing a half hour talking like to them about their goals, like as opposed that. to just, I, I got this thing in my toe, Doc, can you, can you make it stop bleeding? I really like that, that division of, of interest in those that we can help at a higher, because not that I'm going to be a, a coach, like a, a coach, I don't have time for that, but like, if you came in and you're, you need to help with something else, I can refer you to tons of other quality people. And, and that makes me look good as well. 
and, and you're able to be helped. I think I think we covered some some great things. I think this is a higher level of thinking than it is just fixing a toenail, but I think it's more of a, a lifestyle. But the the there was a I've been involved in this thing called strategic coach for a few years. And I Dan, I, I, I've done that for a couple of years. Dan, so the yeah. R factor question. Yeah. But, so the R factor question. And I and I do that for patients. So once I let's say solve an ingrown toenail, I say, you know, if we're meeting here a year from now, what, what would make you happy with your health? Were you hundred percent they want to lose weight? And that's where I started to, to teach them about weight loss and and things like that and practicing and different like fasting and all these crazy things that people think I'm I'm crazy with. But ultimately, I think when you're passionate about helping people, you don't want to just help them in, in your area. So for all those that are listening, like do the best you can to help and then find the best people to refer them to. So I think those are some great tips. Um, if, if people want to learn more about you, I know you have a podcast and a 30 day kind of blueprint type of thing. Tell us a little bit about that and where they can find that way. Sure. There's a podcast called the three day weekend entrepreneur, and there's content for people who are not entrepreneurs as well, but the focus of it is to help people understand and learn from other experts on, well, and, and we have a lot of indirect related topics, but the main focus is to help entrepreneurs understand how to create an abundant and sustainable three-day weekend lifestyle. And there's also uh, in that site, if you go to three-dayweekendentrepreneur.com, there's also tools and challenges. There's a community called Three Day Weekend Club where we help people, mm -hmm. employees, entrepreneurs, freelancers to create that type of lifestyle. We have a program that's designed to help entrepreneurs get there in 90 days. If you're already earning the income that you know at least is the minimum you need to earn, mm -hmm. uh, that can be done. So yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. And like you, I have a lot of experts on that are not directly just three-day weekend. I have people that talk about nutrition and health and sleep because all these things pretty quickly start to uh, connect to each other. Great. Hey, this was, this was very fun. Nice to meet you. Thank you for, for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.